Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. You're listening to This Week Again, and I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. Let's start the show off with some expert-level stupid. We'll follow that up with a heaping dose of domestic terrorism and end the show with something I never thought I would say. So let's begin, shall we? Roll tape. Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema has announced she will be leaving the Democratic Party. This was how she announced her decision today. We make decisions about what's best for ourselves, our family, and our community. And so we don't spend a lot of time thinking about, is this a Republican idea or is this a Democratic idea? Is this liberal or is this conservative? That's not how Arizonans think. Registering as an independent and showing up to work with the title of independent is a reflection of who I've always been. And it's a reflection of who Arizona is. That was fashion disaster and imposter among us, Kirsten Cinema, revealing what we already know that she was never a Democrat. We kind of got the hint when this mean girl voted against raising minimum wage, against lifting the filibuster so Congress could protect voting rights. And then all those times she buddied up with Joe Manchin. Yeah, we see you, Kirsten. And let's fact check this woman for a moment because the fever dream that Arizona is really an independent state is just as fake as those wigs that this woman wore on the Senate floor. See, in Arizona, there has been a palatable shift toward Democrats, and we saw that play out in the midterms. Arizona reelected Democrat Mark Kelly to represent them in the Senate. And then they elected Democrat Katie Hobbs to the governorship and Democrat Adrian Fontes as Secretary of State. So where is Kirsten getting this idea that Arizonans don't want to vote for Democrats? Well, (laughs) since she is polling at a 19% approval rating with her constituents and would probably lose to a Democratic opponent by 58 percentage points if an election were held today... I'd say Kirsten is just showing her cowardly ass by making this announcement. Think about it. With her party change, Kirsten doesn't have to face being publicly primaried or answer to her constituents for lying to get elected in the first place. And the 19% of Arizonans who would support her and maybe go out and vote, Kirsten can can participate in a three-way which would give an advantage to a Republican candidate. Not that I'm insinuating that Kirsten's move to the independent party is a ploy to get her Republican donors more for their money. But if I were, sounds like she's got a plan. And speaking of harebrained schemes, Florida's recently reelected Florida man has some legal problems. A judge is blocking part of a new Florida state education law, the Stop Woke Act, banning education in classrooms or workplaces of concepts like inherent racism or discussions that make people feel guilty over their race. It's called Florida's Individual Freedom Act, better known as the Stop Woke Act. But parts of the law pushed by Governor Ron DeSantis cannot be enforced after a ruling by a federal judge. The law restricted race-based conversation in both schools and the workplace and teachings that some groups are inherently racist or privileged. 
So Ronald, the wannabe Donald DeSantis, hired lawyers at the Florida taxpayer's expense to argue in court that woke is a problem. And when asked by the presiding judge what their definition of woke was, the lawyers said this. According to Florida politics, the attorney for the governor defined woke as, quote, the belief there are systematic injustices in American society and the need to address them. Wait, what? Okay, um, so let me see if I understand this. Alpha Man down in Florida is upset that people recognize systemic injustices. So he signs a law to make it legal for his followers to sue anyone that tries to address them because (laughs) that's not in any way fascist. Apparently, cosplay Trump took the wrong message from Orwell's book and decided to go full-on comic book supervillain on educators who are trying to accurately portray our not-so-distant past. Like, even though we show the 1960s in black-and-white photographs and television snippets, it really wasn't that long ago. In fact, Perhaps your grandmother or someone you know's grandmother might be in those pictures or on those snippets from television holding racist signs and throwing things at students, sometimes as young as six years old, all for the crime of attending their school and not being the same color as them. Seems to me that boomers don't want their grandchildren to come home from school or maybe over on a weekend and ask, hey, grandma, grandpa, why did you participate in this violent bigotry? I saw you on a news clipping. I saw a picture of you. I guess maybe that moment might be just too embarrassing for these boomers. So it seems to me that it's much easier to make a stink about a legal theory that isn't even taught in K through 12 and then maybe get rid of books that might mention that they had a racist counter movement. And for sure, you want to go back to the beginning and rewrite everything from 1619 to present day. And don't forget to make sure that the narrative is consistent. And every time somebody brings something up, you say, hey, we elected a black man as president. So (laughs) racism solved. And speaking of leaders of the grand old fascist party, what with Bitch McConnell and his sidekick Kevin getting snubbed at an award ceremony, honoring the brave Capitol Police officers who fought back against more than 20,000 of the former guy's tinfoiled army, doesn't feel like things are going well for our friends across the aisle. And to add insult to injury... I think some highlights from Scooby-Coo's terrible, no good, very bad week are in order. Enjoy. Breaking news, a jury has reached a verdict in the Trump Organization tax fraud trial in New York. The jury just returned a verdict guilty, guilty on all counts against both Trump corporations. Just this week, a jury found the Trump Organization guilty of all 17 counts against it, including conspiracy, criminal tax fraud and falsifying business records. Special counsel Jack Smith subpoenaed local officials in swing states for their communications involving Trump. And the January 6th committee said it expects to make criminal reform to the Justice Department. Oh, no wonder Dolt45 had a temper tantrum on his truthy website. <laughs> Former President Donald Trump wrote on his social media platform this weekend, he says, quote, do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner or do you have a new election? 
A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution, unquote. From the ketchup stained walls in his retirement home in Florida, Old Yeller needed to start the week off with one of his signature distractions. Because let's be honest, folks, everything around him is going to shit. His businesses are in so much criminal and civil trouble that Marilardo's own daughter, fascist Barbie, told lawyers to argue in front of a judge that with all of these court cases, her brand is being hurt. And she wants her name removed from them because she participated in these tax schemes like a really long time ago. And she totally quit the company back in 2017. I hate to break it to you, babe, but that's not how crimes work. And that's not all, folks, because Darth Tax Evader just got caught doing this again. An outside team hired by lawyers for former President Trump finding two items marked classified in one of Trump's storage lockers in West Palm Beach. This all comes after the former president was directed by a federal judge to take a harder look at his properties for any remaining classified materials. The former president and his team got a subpoena back in June, and they said that they had returned everything that was marked classified. This was what the subpoena demanded. It's a grand jury subpoena. They first conducted a search uh, at Bedminster. They attested to Judge Howell that they didn't find any documents there. They then conducted an additional search during the week of Thanksgiving at Trump Tower. And the most recent search being um, the search of this storage facility unit in Palm Beach. I had absolutely no idea a sequel to recovering stolen classified documents from Kofufuul was in the works, but (laughs) here we are. The moral of this story, kiddies, is when you have multiple residences, you have multiple places to hide your classified documents. Hence why the FBI conducted searches at all three of the traffic cone of treason's retirement facilities. And woe to those lawyers who refused to sign off on a subpoena that there were no more hidden classified documents in Trumpster Fire's possession because special counsel Jack Smith don't play. Prosecutors have urged a federal judge to hold Donald Trump's office in contempt of court for failing to fully comply with the May subpoena to return all classified documents in his possession. The new team is trying to have Donald Trump himself held in contempt. Trump lawyers have basically repeatedly refused to even affirm everything was returned. Damn, Dingus Khan knows how to have a really shitty week. This guy goes big, and that's why he's at home, which is impressive, perhaps. And while we're on a roll, the U.S. Supreme Court has been drawing attention to itself, and not for a good reason. Roll tape. In opening arguments earlier, the now 6-3 conservative supermajority appeared sympathetic to a website designer who says Colorado's anti-discrimination law violates her right to free speech. Justice Sonia Sotomayor this morning. How about people who don't believe in interracial marriage? Or about people who don't believe that disabled people should get married? What's, where's the line? I can choose not to sell to those people? Not this a- website? Because it's my speech. This is from Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson with another scenario about where this could lead. Can you give me your thoughts on a photography business in a shopping mall during this holiday season? They want to have a sign next to the Santa that says only white children. 
why isn't your uh, argument that they should be able to do that? And may maybe it is. Because in the photograph itself, the objection is not contained in that photograph. But in addition, I think it's important to remind the court. No, 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 don't leave. Sorry. What do you mean? I mean, the objection, just like your uh, client's objection, is to expressions that uh, violate their own views of what is being depicted. The point that Justices Sotomayor and Jackson are trying to get to is really at the crux of the web designer's argument. And let me explain. So a web designer is hired to do a same-sex couple's website. The web designer offers services, and among them, the web designer will write the story of the couple throughout the pages of the website. And upon request, the web designer asks the couple to provide their own photos. This includes photos of their wedding and even their first date. The couple is also asked to provide their own written account of their entire relationship, its progression, and their experiences at their wedding. So this is where we circle back to what the whole point of this is. The web designer told the lawyers to say that because she is writing a story that they wrote for her, she is still using her speech. And because she doesn't agree with them being lesbians, she doesn't want to use her speech. So she's going to refuse service. So in 2017, SCOTUS says that a cake maker from Oregon can refuse to make a cake if the lifestyle of their customer goes against their deeply held religious beliefs. And now... SCOTUS is considering expanding the definition of speech to include writing the account, of course, of someone else's life, not yours, if the client's lifestyle goes against your religious, deeply held. And, and then to put icing on top of this shit cake, we have Justice Alito showing his ass while he's at work. So if there's a, a black Santa at the other end of the mall and he doesn't want uh, to have his picture taken with a, a child who's dressed up in a Ku Klux Klan uh, outfit, that, that black Santa has to do that? No, because Ku Klux Klan outfits are not protected characteristics under public accommodation laws. And presumably that would be the same Ku Klux Klan outfit, regardless whether the child was black or white or any other characteristic. Yeah, you, do see, you do see a lot of black children in Ku Klux Klan uh, outfits, right? Uh, all, the, all the time. Suppose that, uh, I, I mean... Uh, <laughs> I just want to remind everyone that that motherfucker is a sitting justice on the U.S. Supreme Court. He has been for several decades, and he will be for presumably several decades more because it's a lifetime appointment. But it's not like Alito just started showing his rebel underwear in his old age because this Confederate sympathizer has always made it clear why he is on the side of the evangelical Christians who want to claim our country as their very own Christian nation. And Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito is denying accusations that he leaked a Supreme Court decision before it was publicly announced. 
A former evangelical activist is claiming he knew about the outcome of a 2014 decision before it was announced. This man, the Reverend Rob Shank, he was an opponent of abortion. And at the time, he ran this nonprofit. And basically, through donors, he was trying to get access uh, to the Supreme Court justices. Oh, and wouldn't you know it? This evangelical happened to know a woman who had recently had dinner with Justice Alito, and she told the guy that Alito was going to vote in favor of Hobby Lobby, ensuring that they would win their case before the ruling was even decided and definitely not public. This is back in 2014, guys. Now, there has been a funny twist recent development See, years after all of this went down, that nosy religious guy changes his mind on his stance on abortion. So he was against abortion then, now he is for it. He also happens to find out that there is an investigation into Alito and the leak. So he decides to tell authorities about that time that he knew that Alito was going to vote for Hobby Lobby before anybody else did. <laughs> But let's not stop with Alito, folks, because when it comes to the sussy behavior of our Supreme Court, there is so much more to the story. I would like to present to you how Democratic Senator Sheldon Whitehouse puts it in his new book. Here is a snippet. A single anonymous donor spent more than $17 million in both the Gorsuch and the Kavanaugh confirmation battles to secure the candidate's ascension to the court. And in a sign of how broken our disclosure system is, we will likely never know who the donor is or what business he had before the court. White House continues, all told, researchers have tracked at least $400 million spent by people who don't want you to know who they are, but who are hell-bent on remaking the federal courts. $400 million is a massive investment. Who was paying? And what did they think they were getting for their money? This is a well-known, little-discussed concern that I have had for many years. Historically speaking, we have the creation of the Council for National Policy back in the 80s by people actively working for the Reagan administration, as well as evangelical leaders for the purpose of creating a direct pipeline for their fellow religious extremists to get elected to political positions, to work for the staff of elected officials and politicians as well as appointed to preside over state and federal courts, with the ultimate prize being the U.S. Supreme Court. And all of this to change the law of our country. Because our country is founded on legal precedent, if you make something illegal, then you change the temperament of the entire country. And so... By putting these evangelical extremists on the courts and in positions where they can write the laws and pass the laws, you can now create laws that reflect your Christian Bible, much like the Taliban does in Afghanistan, where everything is based on religious texts as far as laws go. That's what these Christian nationalists, Marjorie Taylor Greene and her ilk, talk about when they say they want a Christian nation. And with Scrooge McSchmuck 
and his administration appointing and getting confirmed a record-breaking 234 federal judges, which also includes the three Supreme Court justices that we now know lied to get their seats in Congress. But you know what? It's not like we have Neil Gorsuch and Brett the Beer Kavanaugh on tape saying that Roe v. Wade was actually precedent. Roe v. Wade decided in 1973 is a precedent of the United States Supreme Court. As a judge, it is an important precedent of the Supreme Court. By it, I mean Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Oh, wouldn't you know it? We do have them on tape. Do you think that matters? Nah. And to round out this unholy trinity, we had Amy Conlady Barrett, who did her best bored Karen impression in front of the Congress while deflecting whether or not Roe is precedent. She couldn't muster the same way that her cohorts could and lie to us. So she said shit like this. Do you agree with Justice Scalia's view that Roe was wrongly decided? Senator, I completely understand why you are asking the question, but again, I can't pre-commit or say, yes, I'm going in with some agenda because I'm not. I don't have any agenda. I have no agenda to try to overrule Casey. Um, I have an agenda to stick to the rule of law and decide cases as they come. I don't know about you, but what does it for me is how this crusader for the subjugation of women weaves her yarn that only inspires rage in those who hear it. But of course, you get what you pay for. And with those clowns tipping the court with the Christian nationalist majority, probably didn't come cheap and it's probably worth every single cent because... While one branch of our government has been taken over by the Christian nationalists, the Tiki Torch arm of this fascist infestation is busy blowing things up with their guns. State of emergency in North Carolina, where tens of thousands are still without power and schools will be canceled for a second day after multiple power stations came under attack. Officials say a person or group appears to have intentionally targeted the grid with gunfire. Duke Energy remains on high alert after another incident in South Carolina. Power stations are under attack across the country, including right here in Washington state. Federal officials say that local substations were physically targeted even before North Carolina's power grid attack. At least five power substations have been targeted in both Oregon and Washington. That's in the middle of an increase in online calls for attacks on critical infrastructure. New online chatter from domestic extremist groups following that recent attack on two electric substations in North Carolina. Some of those posting online are advocating for further attacks. Now, in good faith, I should tell you that currently the substations shot up across the country are not officially connected to any Nazi cosplaying patriots who may or may not have voted for Orange Mussolini in the last presidential election. But it wouldn't surprise me if it ended up that they did. Because using a power grid substation as a personal shooting range is not a new concept for those who think that the South was right and Hitler was a very fine person. Nearly a decade ago, like-minded Nazis shot up a substation in California, which turned out to be a much bigger plot by the SS reenactment actors, which meant that they wanted to 
usher the American public into a new dark age. But with Nazis, of course, instead of the Catholic Church. An online group calling themselves Frost, I don't know, because it's white, spread the word across the internet that they had a plan to take over the country. And guess what? They were so well received that they decided to take domestic terrorism and make it a nationwide tour. Now, fortunately for us, they didn't get very far. But it appears that the dream is still alive with these white nationalist terrorists rebooting in North Carolina, South Carolina, Oregon, Washington State, and who knows where else in the future. So, folks, let's not pat ourselves on the back too soon, because when it comes to holding Americans accountable for participating in domestic terrorism or maybe just enacting a insurrection at our country's capital, we actually suck. That corrupt motherfucker, Eric's dad, is still waddling around one of his golf courses, which seems to be a gross oversight of the Justice Department. (sighs) If anyone I know did anything close to what the jackass lantern did last January, they would be in jail waiting for more jail. So... Here's the part of the show where I'm going to say something I never thought I would say. Why can't America be more like Germany? Roll tape. German authorities arrested 25 people in one of the largest anti-terrorism raids ever carried out in that country. Germany's interior minister says some 3,000 police officers conducted more than 100 searches across Germany this morning, arresting suspects who were allegedly plotting to violently overthrow the government. Prosecutors say members of the far-right group called Reich Citizens Movement followed conspiracy myths and QAnon ideology. Thankfully, this plot was thwarted before the group could execute any of their plans. According to Germany's public prosecutor general, the group had an armed wing. It included former military and intended to form a new army. Their ringleader, who they plan to install as the monarch, is a 71-year-old aristocrat named Heinrich XIII. He comes from an ancient royal family that ruled part of central Germany for centuries. Whoa, Germany isn't playing, and well, they shouldn't, because if anyone knows how successful right-wing extremists can be at taking over a country... Starting a coup? It's Germany, folks. But even knowing all of that, it is still disturbing how easily QAnon is infiltrating countries to inspire a violent takeover of individual governments. When Trumpsterfire announced his support for these wackadoos with no particular set of skills, that was bad. But according to reports from Germany, the Coosters were emboldened by what happened to us on January 6th. Sounds to me like the DOJ needs to call Germany and ask them how to do their job. Other countries don't seem to have a problem taking their citizens on a perp walk, regardless of their class, their social status, or what their former job was. Or you know what, maybe if the DOJ doesn't want to call Germany, I'm sure Peru will give them some advice. 
Peru's President Pedro Castillo has announced the dissolution of Congress and called for legislative elections to draft a new constitution. That comes hours before an impeachment debate. Peruvian President Pedro Castillo was ousted from power and arrested hours after he moved to temporarily dissolve the Peruvian Congress. Castillo's Vice President Dina Baluarte has been sworn in to replace him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, so here's how that went down. The now former president of Peru found himself on the wrong end of an impeachment trial. So he goes home, changes his clothes, gets on TV and announces to his country that he is firing their government. He is writing a new constitution and everything is going to be all right. But instead of any of that happening, that guy is now sitting in a Peruvian jail cell which I'm sure is extremely uncomfortable. And that makes me think that it is the perfect place for Orange the Hut to be instead of wherever the fuck he is right now. And I know that that's not going to be happening anytime soon. Sure, the January 6th committee is recommending criminal referrals to the DOJ in connection with the attack on the Capitol. But I noticed Florida man is absent from their list of usual suspects. And please don't get me twisted. I am very grateful for the work that they have done because they produce some of the best primetime TV that I've seen since AFV started airing. And seriously, I just want to ask one question. Why can't you guys in Congress grow a spine? Do what obviously needs to be done. Indict the Marilardo. Germany, Peru... Those countries, shockingly, seem to care more about the furtherance of their country than they do any one particular member of it. And that leads me to believe that our U.S. Congress, the people that we've elected and reelected, don't give a shit. You know, we, just like you, watched the insurrection unfold live. You can go online and rewatch it if you want. Why isn't Tangerine Palpatine arrested, indicted, sitting in a jail cell like that Peruvian guy? Why is Trump above the law? Well, the automatic response is nobody is above the law. But, you know, that's like saying all lives matter when another unarmed black man is gunned down by cops. And of course, we all agree that no one is above the law. Doesn't take much, but. Those responsible for implementing that no one is above the law sure has a hard time making that happen. And I'm looking at you, DOJ. But that's all I have to say about that, folks. New episodes of This Week Again air every Sunday. Follow the show on social media to keep up with our latest posts. You can find This Week Again on places like Spotify and Amazon Music, Google and Samsung Podcasts, or pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. So thank you very much again for listening, and to der for now.